episode 58 and we're back from our brief hiatus prof we're back baby uh, we're going to talk about the Limerick game from a couple of weeks ago we've Derry coming up on Friday and our last two first round matches in questions from the East Stand Quifties with Ethan Boyle versus Dan Carr and Greg Bulger versus Davey Mack so as usual it's me Gary P and the prof Carl Riley. hello did you miss so, us so yeah I think they did miss us prof so like I said we're back from a brief break and uh, enjoying the heat wave, Prof. It is very warm out there. It's beautiful. It's drinking gone, weather. It's going to last a week. Absolutely excellent. I know we would be going away on the week that we get the hottest <laughs> days of the year. But it's excellent. Really enjoying the weather. Tangle twisters everywhere. But first of all, we have to tell you about Peachtree East, our wonderful sponsors. And I was only there recently, Prof. I had the Eggs Benedict. Gorgeous. Absolutely amazing. I know we have some egg connoisseurs out there in the Rovers world. And uh, don't forget Kidsy Free on match days with season tickets and members cards. The cocktails, the pancakes with the maple and bacon ice cream. Maple and bacon ice cream, Pop. Would you be into that? I'm all up for that. All up for bacon ice cream. So check them out. Peachtree East, the usual gorgeous food. So, um, yeah, the heat waves been brilliant. And uh, a bit of bad news, our poker night was cancelled. Pretty much due to lack of interest sold barely any tickets it was it was a it was a good idea at the time we thought people might want to come along have a bit of crack poker night bit of food but listen it wasn't to be we'll think of something else in the future maybe a race night something like that but uh, yeah. it wasn't to be sadly so thanks to anyone bought tickets you will be refunded uh, yeah so uh, moving on to the players uh, they've been holidaying on Instagram prof Borky's in Dubai well former player anyway I'll uh, take your word for it because I just don't read Instagram so just go ahead. Joel Coustrant was in New York. Uh, who else have we got? A lot of them in the beta. Yeah, so they're enjoying their break. Hopefully mm. they come back ready to rock. Sam Bond's tweeting about the World Cup. He's convinced it's coming home. Yeah, they all are. He was in Cyprus, yeah, sunning himself. Uh, yeah, so that was the players getting a break on um, on the mid-season break. And then we had our last show, Jason Maloney and Mick Conroy. It was a, it was a cracker, wasn't it? That was a good one. Enjoy that now. And interestingly, we did talk about the Jure Gardens game from 2002, which holds special meaning now, considering when we're gone. And funnily enough, the pub that we have organised for a base, yep. not necessarily, you don't have to stay there for the whole trip, it's just a base to meet up and then you can scatter to wherever you want all over Stockholm. But that is the scene of the riot in the last 2002 as well. Chance, I, did, yeah. I didn't know that. Chance to visit the famous Dubliner pub that was attacked which has been there. renamed the Old Dub back so, in 2002 yeah uh, yeah um, yeah. so listen back to that show if you want to hear about some cool 
stories from that trip. Trying to break out with the chairs, wasn't it? Trying, trying to, yeah, they were barricaded in and yeah. then they tried to break out. Usually people want to stay in the pub when there's people attacking it. But now, Rovers fans were breaking out, smashing windows to get out. But there was a different time, wasn't it? And we had some praise from Alan Kinsella. Great stuff again, lads. Guests, fantastic. That Swedish trip was brilliant. It was the first time in years that Rovers had qualified for Europe, getting home and being quizzed by my wife, asking if I had been involved in the riot at the pub. <laughs> no, darling. <laughs> Alan wouldn't do that sort of thing. But that's um, one in all in, isn't it? Some fantastic stories. Really, really enjoy listening to the All Hoops stories. And um, Marie Crow did an excellent piece on Brads in the Indo. Grown up in Jobstown, signing for Arsenal 14, and the role his mother played. He said, My little boy was at the game a few weeks ago, and I got a lot of stick, and he was hurt. I had to sit down and explain to him that this is football and it's daddy's job. I know it's not personal. What did you think of that uh, article? Yeah, it was a great piece. There wasn't a lot, whole lot that was new to me because there was a similar article on him a couple of years ago. I remember the one, Which yeah. I didn't read until in the middle of last year. Until then, I didn't know about the, the stabbing and all that. What and do you I think was, prompted it? Um, set the trail for, for Marie to actually go and go about it. It's a strange... Um, well, it's not a strange one, but I just didn't see it coming at all, you know? I suppose uh, Marie has been doing pieces in all different clubs throughout the league. She did one in Graham Burke... She's gone around to all different clubs around the league, so. But it was excellent. Yeah. It was really good to to read. And from what I, what I get from it is that Bradzer is is genuinely dedicated, and he he was feeling the pressure during a tough time. Like I said, certain elements mm. and certain fans of the club want him out, and made it very vocal, made it very visual that they do want him out. And uh, there he, hasn't been a manager like this in a long time where so many people just really want him to do well. Yeah, because it's such a likable guy. We're just we're just urging them to do well we genuinely don't yeah. because there's so there's so many good things happening off the pitch mm. and a lot of people will, will throw that back in his face and say oh well the road zone's grand the 14s are winning but the fourth team I don't think mm. that's fair I don't think that's fair at all to completely separate entities so to rub the road stone in someone's face when the fourth team isn't doing well I think is, is a stupid thing to do mm. but we do need to get our act together with the fourth team and like I said it's a um, um, we don't need to be sacking managers left, right, and centre anymore. I think it's it's the wrong road to go down. But we're in contention for Europe, so, so I yeah, think we were laughing at the table the other day. Yeah, right? <laughs> the vast majority of people are quite frustrated with the league position and the results. But I think at the same time, a lot of people agree that change a manager now wouldn't really do a whole lot. I think so. I agree with you. And plus, Big Alice, but coming back, yeah, he's a monster of a man. He is looking fantastic, and uh, even even just looking at the size of him makes you confident, thinking this guy's going to be in goal. You can barely get a shot by him, you know. He's <laughs> looking really good for his age, so can't wait for Big Al to come back. And there was a clip on RT News earlier this month where Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez met Leo Varadkar and said that he was a young student in Dublin, and he remembers watching Rovers and United. And Leo said that Rovers aren't exactly Real Madrid. Yeah, what a dickhead. Nice bit of good publicity and then just squished with one comment. Yeah, it's just uh yeah, let's just move on. I'm gonna bother talking about him. Um So we beat Limerick Tuna at the Markets Field and Finn came in for Brando Cabinet and Gavin Bazuno kept his place and Graham Bork was playing his last game for the club, is transferred to Preston, was confirmed two days earlier. Prof, you took this one in. Yep. Firstly, most importantly, what did you eat? What did he eat? Well, Paul O'Donnell actually gave such a magnificent review. We might have to get him in. Of what he calls the Marcus Field Melter. Yeah. 
the we burger. might have to get him in for a separate section there's literally no point in me saying anything about this burger because Spinal said before he wrote a Rico-esque review <laughs> yeah it was, the burger. It was fantastic you even threw in a Terry Wogan joke in there 10 out of 10 for Everett don't forget to insert the sizzling pan sound as we talk about the food yeah the cooking segments courtesy coming. of Tuts he's demanding that segment <laughs> yeah so um yeah, 2-0 and a couple of changes and like we said it was Borgie. Do you know what? I was I, I, once again I told everyone that would listen. Grain broke the score Rovers to win. Put the mortgage on it. Did you think I bet on it? Of course not. <laughs> it was written in the stars that he was gonna score and we were gonna win and it was gonna be a good send off from so but for Limerick, uh, no Barry Maguire and no Henry Cameron. No, so, no inter- can you can you believe that they have two internationals? No international flair and show at all. Can you believe that they uh, Limerick have two internationals? Well, he's not Maguire is not. Well, he's an underage, isn't he? Cameron is. For um, yeah, true, true, yeah. true. Yeah. So uh, only a hundred or so hoops travel down, Prof. Uh, Liam Gallagher was on six goal thriller between Portugal and Spain on the TV. I think there was a couple of festivals mm-hmm. as well. You know, it was just a bad day. To be to be a, a hoop. Same for the home crowd. I think total attendance was only about seven hundred. So obviously quite small. I got the Gary Twig bus down as always. Aussie Nate seems to be a regular now. Aussie Nate is a regular on the bus. Yeah, I must get on that. It's good, isn't it? Get blasted. Right. Nah, good old trip. And uh, of course, we hadn't won since the previous trip to Limerick. So it's, I forgot what it's like to come back in the bus and be happy with three points. <laughs> I don't even I couldn't remember what it was like. But uh, yeah, the first half. We actually didn't have a shot on goal until Costrain's goal. Just before, just before the break. So it was looking, it was similar to the the one in March. He was man the match nearly as well in that game. Costrain had a fantastic game. He was good that day as well. But the, both games, just like 20, 25 minutes in, you could just see the whole crowd collectively saying, this is going to finish nil-nil. <laughs> Thankfully we scored in both games. But uh, Nimerick had a great chance early on. And uh, super stop by uh, Bzunu. Um Seems to be oozing confidence at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I was. It's not that I doubted him. It's just I was very apprehensive about putting in a sixteen-year-old in this situation. One thing, if we were second or first in the league, but at the time there was a lot of pressure on us. So I thought I kind of felt it was a terrible time to star 16 year old goalkeeper knowing what some of our fan base can be I like know, at yeah. their worst at their worst yeah. but I think we can agree on one thing since it's the end of Tomer Chinsky yeah pretty much ends his tenure at Rovers I mean think about it Kevin Horgan is now injured but he's fit now but he's fit now yeah so there was a choice to be made there so they put they didn't want to put a half fit Kevin Horgan in goal which is the mm. right thing to do Tomer's fully fit and they chose a 16 year old who hasn't even signed professional terms yet mm. so it's probably boy boy Tomer. But all worries I had were just cast aside in this game because this, this kid is just he just has everything. And the rumours if the if the rumours are anything to go boy, he's a wanted man in England. Yeah. So there was a story in the paper about Southampton, but apparently it's more Arsenal Chelsea. I'm here in Chelsea, I'm here in Man United. Yeah. But uh that chance it was actually the T V didn't do this justice at all. Soccer Republic just showed a quick clip and it was gone. But this was a mad scramble. Like Bazunu stopped it. Oh, Brian cleared it off the line. It it was crazy. I don't. Um, we all just were behind the goal and we're like, "How did that stay out?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, back to back clean sheets for a sixteen-year-old goalkeeper. Working wonders for his confidence and excellent stuff. And really is. I'm delighted to see this. I mean, randomers in work come to me all the time and talk about Rovers and they take the piss when we're not doing well. 
especially when we're not doing well, they seem to come out and they're in droves. But now people are coming to me and they're saying, is there a 16 year old playing for Rovers? I said, yeah, he's in goal. And they're like, and they've like a 17 year old playing in midfield. I was like, yeah, we've two. We're, we're doing, we're starting to promote within, and they love that. They think that's a great thing. So it's, it's, yeah. it's refreshing to have, um, you could say neutrals coming to you and saying Rovers are doing good work within within the Roadstone project. So, how is Gavin's name pronounced on Soccer Republic? Oh, uh, oh God, what did I say? Was it Bosanu or something? Bosanu. Yeah. <laughs> Bosanu. If you were to say phonetically, like Bosanu. How can you get Bosanu from this Bazuna? Bazunu. If like I can understand that mispronunciation, but Bosanu. Well, do you know what it says on the Limerick team sheet? What? Bazulu. Bas- with an L. So that's three different names now. Hey, I can understand this completely. Irish people have an awful way of mispronouncing names. My wife's maiden name, most mispronounced name of all time. And uh, people just don't give a fuck. They just look <laughs> at it and they just seem to think because it's strange, it has to. they have to struggle with it. It's foreign, so they have to struggle with it and mispronounce it. It's crazy. Oh, the, so Cousteau and his goal on 45 against his hometown club. His first goal for the club. Delighted to get off the mark as well. A bit of a poacher's goal. As you mentioned, he played well down there as well earlier in the season. He had a point to prove in his hometown. I'm delighted for him that he got a goal because he deserved that for his play the last few weeks. Yeah, there's a couple of people on the fence about him yeah. regarding his end product and things like that. But the goal, uh, Berkey pulled it back for Carr. And uh, Limerick couldn't clear, and then Joel pounced just inside the six-yard box, and uh, left foot into the bottom corner. So we went one 0 in at the break, and an excellent time to score a goal. Horrendous mm. to concede. One of my pet peeves, Prof. You know that very well. Now is conceding just before the half time, and especially from a set piece. So Borky got his goal two minutes after the interval, and it was a super finish. Yeah, Joey long ball over the top. Carr played across. Berkey controlled it and smashed it in. So he scored in all three Limerick games this season. So here's the thing now. Replacement-wise, do we, what do we do? Do we replace him with Finn? Do we push Finn up and bring in the likes of a Davy Mack to partner Bulger? I don't think there's any ready-made replacement I don't think in so. our squad right now. Brando a, on a his day. A rejuvenated Brando. Yeah, a rejuvenated maybe. Brando, yeah. Completely but agree. I don't think it's happening. He could be heading for the exit door as well, if rumours are anything to go by. The problem with Brandon Mealy is if ever there was a player, ever a shoe in to make the Carvel a brilliant League of Ireland career away from Tada and haunt us for a decade, it's Brandon Mealy. It is, isn't it? It really is, considering his first two seasons. This guy will score 20 goals against us. His, his first two seasons with us, he was amazing. He was like, how many goals has he got? He's only 50 goals for overs. He has nearly 50 goals for overs. This is, he's a coach's dream. You would get in his head and like if this if I was Bradzer I'd be looking at this thinking okay I have to really rejuvenate this guy because he's got serious talent let's let's get let's let's get in his head and just get him back to, to full fitness and whatever else he needs well, I, re- well, I really think so it's not happening this season anyway no certainly not maybe the other Brando yeah yeah the other young Brando yeah. and uh, so that was the goal and some second half chances prof we, uh, we peppered the goal yeah, basically this is the biggest 2-0 trashing you've seen in quite a long time. And we still haven't scored three goals in the away league game since October 2016. It's that dirt. At Longford. Didn't do it last year. And I kept thinking about that stat. I was even looking up like how long it's been. 
as we just kept peppering the goal and was like, no, not going to get the turn. What was the game he last scored three in? Say that again. Longford 4 2. Longford 4 2. Was that the one I fell down the stairs? No, it was a different one. <laughs> we no were at that game. But uh, Nick Clark put up a video of the Berkey free kick. Some strike. The one that rattled the post. Some strike. All the 40 Apparently, yards. Do you know what? I think, I think Clark got a tip. It's possible Clark got a tip on that. That was a good angle, but from where I was standing, I was just to the left. So it was like the ball was coming towards me. Yeah. I have to tell you, it was this great crack. You're ready crack. to jump up and head it. Great crack watching this ball <laughs> come towards me and then smash off the post. And the way he struck it, nobody strikes free kicks like that. They either try and bend them or they go for that kind of Ronaldo-esque yeah. technique. But that was just an now wallop. It was great. And that was brilliant. But the other chance is uh, Clark saved him from Boyd. Boyd came out the bench. Poor old Boyd, he just can't buy a goal, can he? And uh, I said that when it was fought, actually. Uh, Boyd he was true on goal later but he kind of overran the ball because Strain could have had a hat-trick there was another one where he had this mazy run and he just tried to do too much and he should have hit it like a quick shot and then he had another chance Finn had a shot also saved by Clark so it could have been 6-7-0 and no, noticeable absentees from the bench as well where Mr Shaw and Brando well Shaw's not been on the bench a couple of times now, mm, so yeah. I don't know what the story is there Um We'll, uh, we'll have to keep our ears to the ground regards that one but uh, so Borky's send off so like I said we just want to say thanks for the memories and yep. it's been fantastic watching them in the hoops we, we've we watched them grow and develop I think absolutely I think yeah. since that substitute appearance in Dundalk where he came on scored an absolute cracker and then two footed someone and got sent off <laughs> from his petulant displays that really irked Rovers fans he has grown into the consummate professional and he's been a joy to watch this season. And it's like, I mean, the Malata Boleslav goal. It was, the, yeah. That alone will live in my memory for years. It was years. part of the development, wasn't it? Obviously, we don't want a player to be sent off twice in four months. Yeah. But it actually contributed to his maturity that he came back from that. And then he like doubled his league tally this season within two months. But just the, the like, like going back to the Boleslav goal. Me and you were standing where Leighton Doyle stands. Now that's his little perch, just a block. Um, and uh, I think I literally turned to you for a second. I think we were both looking at each other talking. It and just we, left his foot when I first yeah, saw it. Yeah, it just left his yeah. foot. And then we were looking going, where the fuck did he strike that from? <laughs> so we just saw it leave his foot and go on top corner. We were just like, what? This is game on. But uh, like I said, thanks for the memories and a fantastic, fantastic player. And I really hope that he does well in Preston and uh, gets a couple more caps. And hopefully we've got a few clauses in there and make a few quid. Yeah, we sang, we love you, Berkey, we do. And then it just dawned on me, how have we not had a song for this man? Yeah, it's just one of those things. After 18 months. He was a he was a, a prime, he was a, he was a banker for he gets the ball and scores the goal. Graham, Graham Burke? No, maybe it doesn't sound too good, but... Uh, it's it's just one of those spontaneous things. I don't think you can you can create songs on forums and things like that. People have tried it before. It's just not natural. But just it's just never happened. We'll have to get Jason Maloney. You'll have to get the the pen and paper out. So like I said, thanks Borgie for the wonderful memories. And uh, his quote on Instagram, he said, I'd like to give a massive thanks to Sean McGrovers for the last two years. I've enjoyed every moment of being at the club. To my teammates and coaching staff, yous have been brilliant for me and I would like to thank yous all. I wish you all the best for the rest of the season and in the future. I wrote that verbatim. He said use every time. That's the inner city. 
And um, yeah, so that win moves us to fourth on goal difference, which me and you were laughing at the other day, just looking at the at the table, considering we've won how many in fifteen, two and three, two or three games in fifteen games in mm, three, yeah, and we're we're three points off off fourth. It's it's crazy. No, we're in fourth. We're in fourth. Yeah, we're we're how many points um, off towards seven? Six, seven, it's six, yeah. seven points. I'd, I'd imagine we had picked up maybe four wins out of that fifteen. We right on track. The only problem is, I think Waterford may have had their wobble already. I have a feeling they're gonna. I don't know. Come back with I, a vengeance I'm now. I'm not too sure. I don't. I don't know about that. I think they might might start to wobble again. And um, like I said, we've got big Al coming in. Probably. I know they've lost Duffus and the keeper, but do mm. not underestimate Big Al and his presence and his influence on no, this team. I'm actually quietly confident about us with Big Al. I'm just saying. Well, last year with that gap from Derry, even though it looked quite looks like a mountain to climb, Derry just have this habit of. Oh, falling away mm, but we do yeah. I think we need a, a sign in or two want to replace Bork and just a strength I think we need some pace mm. and power out wide you know me for pace and power on the wings and we definitely need some reinforcement so yeah it was a good win going into the break back to back wins for the first time since March albeit both of them were against the bottom yeah, two yeah the break didn't actually benefit us this time we would have probably liked to have maybe two or three more games and and kind of yeah. push another couple of wins over the line. Came with the perfect time for Pats because they lost five in a row. God, man, they're so bad, aren't they? I mean, look at the Derry and the Pats farm. They've won like four in a row. Pats won, or Derry won seven mm. in a row. They've Derry, lost. Derry went unbeaten in nine and then they won one or two on nine. It's crazy. It's it's a mad league this year. But uh, the like, like we said, that win has moved us up to fourth on goal difference. So it's not as... Um, we, need a, we need a good last series. We really do. We need to pick up form. And uh, our other results as well on the Friday, 15th of June, we had Bray nil all at Waterford. And if Bray had a nick the goal, we would have been even closer. We were praying for a goal from Bray and a rejuvenated Bray nil all at Waterford in the Carlisle grounds. We had Cork City beating Bowles with a late goal in Turner's cross and uh, lucky to cut away with the three points because Bowles had a chance mm. at the end as well. Added bonus. Last minute goal to beat Bowles on yeah, top of all the other results. On top of all the other results and Pat's getting absolutely walloped at home. 3-0 to a very poor Sligo team as well. So there's disarray in the Pats camp. And we had Derry getting walloped as well at home in the Brandywell. 4-0 by Dundalk. So that's the second 4-0 defeat by Dundalk at the Brandywell, if I'm correct, Prof. Is that right? Yep. Last 4-1 only a few weeks Yeah. Ago. So they're uh, leaking goals. And, here, um, here Kenny Shields talking about Dundalk players, how they manage the referee. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's Basically saying what we all know. Yeah. But don't say in public. They have 11 and, referees, don't they? And he'll take criticism for it, but he's bang on. Yeah, he's, he's right on the money with that one. And then we had a very own prof on the greatest league in the world, but Con, Conan Bourne, and Between the Stripes. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a great listen, prof, I have to say. You've oh, popped your cherry. You've cheated on Tifties. <laughs> we both have. Though, you did it first. Though. I did it yeah, first. Yeah. That doesn't make it okay. You did it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was out of my comfort zone. No, it was fantastic. It really was. And it's a... It's it's a great podcast. In fairness, I'm I'm, I'm I listen every week. So um, I wasn't I, expecting so many questions on the league itself. That kind of caught me off guard. But uh, we'll, we'll have to return the favour. Um, uh, Phil Khan full of points and Johnny Blues. <laughs> oh, he's definitely coming to our uh, end of season special. So we'll move on to summer signings now. Waterford have a bit of a coup on their hands from Noah Baba. And I remember this guy as the next big thing, Prof. That's a big sign. Former yeah. Fulham and under 21 international. He went from somebody, I can't remember who it was, but he made a move within 
the leagues over there so he was sought after and he's supposed to be an excellent player so that's a that's mm. a good sign and then we Mikey Drennan who went to Sligo so all the best to Mikey just hopefully not against the hoops but um, he was a good servant and hopefully his demons are behind him well I saw some people commenting that maybe kind of a less pressure at Sligo possibly so going yeah. back to Shamrock Rovers now maybe not the best time so probably a good move for him and still if you look at all their league top scorers since Gary Twig Mikey's that's up there. 2012 we've got Berkey 13 Mikey Drennan 12 they're the top two and imagine Mikey had scored all those ones he missed <laughs> <laughs> no one else not McCabe not Finn not Kilduff yeah. no one else got 12 or more so only, Mikey definitely lives uh, only Berkey and Drennan yeah Berkey and Drennan have been our scorers for the last couple of years um, Paddy McCourt announced that he retired so we'll have to uh, we'll have to catch him in one more game beforehand. So he'll be in September. He'll become Derry City's head of youth academy. So Paddy's a joy to watch over the years, and especially I think in the four two, at Tala, we were we were we were on the back foot big time. Paddy was running the show. Was the four two on Tala? The Harps game. Yeah. It was three two. It was the three two. Madden's yeah. last minute winner. Yeah, the last minute winner. Paddy was excellent that day. He was those slide rule passes. <laughs> what a player! And just dribbling around us for fun. Yeah. And um, yeah, so good luck to Paddy. And by the time our next show, Alan Manis will be officially a Rovers player again. So Alan is firmly in the roadstone, training away and getting his. Uh, you could call it would it be his preseason. Could be his preseason, but he's getting a few training sessions under his belt. So delighted that Alan is back, and he'll be probably minding nets for Stockholm, prof. Mm. Well, I don't wouldn't expect to see him play. In the Leinster Senior Cup match. That is our first competitive fixture of July. Yeah, I can see so Mr. Bazuna will be in that The one next again. one will be Cork away. Mm. So that potentially man's a debut there. Can't wait. Cork away. Baptism of fire. And uh, Shane Keegan left Galway United and they voted on the Saudi investment. And League of Ireland Weekly spoke about this. And Johnny Ward. He was there. Wasn't he, he was yeah. at the meeting and he, they pretty much... It was unanimous that they wanted this to go through. They trust the Saudis. They reckon they're going to do good thing. I think half a million investment is going straight into the club. And Shane Keegan, to be honest, like like Johnny Ward said, he's a good guy, and it's just not good enough. I mean, sixth in that league now at the moment for Galway, who mm. who played lovely football last year as well, and they were unlo- unfortunate to go down. Well, Keegan has back to back relegations with two different clubs. Yeah. So given that. He'd and like that's this, this is a, this is a model for the likes of a Tony Cousins to come in here, and there's nothing to lose. You go into Galway now; they're sixth. Mm. You come anywhere near the top two. He was manager there before. There you go. So um, I think Tony might have to dip his toe into the management pool again. Absolutely fascinated by the Saudi investment. It's pretty. I'd love it? to just fast forward five years now and, and see what happens. Where are they? I reckon this is some sort of Sheik's yeah. rich son who he's fed up with living the lavish lifestyle and he says, do you know what? Fuck off to Ireland and I'll buy you a club. Here, run it. Stop annoying me. You're not getting any more Lamborghinis. Well, I heard, <laughs> I heard Johnny talk about it. Apparently one of them lived in Galway for about a year and he loved the place. Oh, there you go. That's, See, that's the little connection. Oh, Galway was great. Come on, we buy a club. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the Galway situation. And the Europa League draw was made on Wednesday morning of last week. Me and the prof are sitting by our laptops waiting for this to go through. So a couple of days before UEFA narrowed it down to our potential opponents down to five. So we had Hafnarf Jordor from Iceland. We had Nordschaland of Denmark, AIK Stockholm of Sweden, FK Vinspils and Shakhtar Solygosk 
of Belarus and our pot was the first one out and we got AIK so the winner will play the winner of Cliftonville and North Shalan so a very very tough draw mm -hmm. in Stockholm and uh, quite a treacherous trip as well if history is to go boy and I'm looking forward to this one Prof we are on the Wednesday morning flight to Heathrow Heathrow to Stockholm in the pub by 3 o'clock pints we're looking at the Falcon export. What else? Abro, whatever else they'll give us, they'll ploy us with. We'll drink it once it's wet. So we're looking forward to this Swedish game. Really can't wait. There's nothing better than Rovers in Europe, is there? No, I said last year. The oh, shorts will be out. I'm never missing this again. Never again. Because listen, we don't. Nothing's guaranteed this season. So we're at home in the first leg on Thursday, the 12th of July, and away in the 19th. So let's make Tala Fortress and really make it tough for these guys. And the water for the away game just after that has been moved to the Friday from the Friday to the Sunday. So. Um, so yeah. as you say yeah, tough team arguably the toughest out of those five I think so it is the worst draw we could have got uh, logistically Belarus was Belarus was but football yeah. in terms yeah. 100% the worst draw I mean they've Seb, Seb Larson yeah. in the middle of the park now he probably won't play he was excellent against Jeremy yeah I think the story with Larson is the Swedish transfer window doesn't go through until July 15th yeah. so he'll miss the first leg and which makes him not even eligible for the second leg a journalist said that to me I don't know if it's true but. the one thing I will fear about this team is that they will probably be physically dominant over us I think they might be they might have a bit more about them than that and that that plays a big part in it I think like like Maloney will probably laugh now like big and strong they are going to be big and strong very big and very strong very big and very strong and that will be a massive part of all this because physically we could be a little bit behind mm. as regards to like physique so well, that could be a problem here. We did match the the Swedes in pre-season, but yeah, you could true, argue true. it was pre-season, different different ball game. But uh, people are saying that they've toured in internationals. But I kind of went through the the player list. They've, I think they've one or two that have been prolific. They've a Norwegian midfielder who's played maybe sixty games. They've like they've an Eritrean forward, two caps. They've they've a couple of players who have a one or two Swedish caps. Like they've a good pedigree, but. Mm. I think when you say Tordian Internationals it's a little bit misleading so what were you going to say Prof? Well they've never faced uh, League of Ireland opposition before Linfield actually beat them at home in what, the first or second leg four years ago and if you look at but some of the photos be, online could be a different team by then though yeah yeah, yeah 100% yeah, yeah. and I mean even last year you can't judge on last year because yeah. they could be playing different football but mm. I think I saw a photograph of an upside down Linfield flag in the AOK end so uh, watch our flags when you're going over lads because they will be snatched yeah, they've been runners-up in the league the last two years. Uh, at the moment, they're second behind Hammerby. And they're the only unbeaten team left after 11 games played. They drew 3 all at home to North Copping at the weekend. North uh, Shopping, let me interrupt you there, Prof. Yes. Get your pronunciation right. It's a good save there. <laughs> yeah, we drew down in pre-season, remember, with the Boyd uh, builder. Oh, yeah, from near the halfway line. And last year, uh, they beat teams from Faroe Islands and Bosnia. And they only went out to Sporting Braga. Portugal in extra time and they scored a couple of goals against them as well didn't they mm -hmm. and just a note on Larson although he probably won't play actually uh, lived with Bradzer yeah while that was he was cool, at Arsenal it? yeah so uh, it will be a re it will be a reunion for the boys and over 100 caps for Seb Larson and still an excellent footballer mm. playing too yeah playing against Germany there yeah he was excellent he was brilliant against Germany right in the middle of the park doing the biz so, the Friends Stadium Arena in Solna, Prof, 50,000. We're going to have to make some racket mm -hmm. there. Yeah, Man United won the Euro. 
<laughs> one year opening final there a year ago in Norway yeah so yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to make a bit of bit of a racket there their actual average attendance is about 20,000 yeah which is still excellent and of course uh, our Hammerby link will make this a little bit more spicy as well and we've been debating this all week and uh, can't wait to get over and see some of the lads because it is it's hashtag football friends but it's a link that has been going for years now I'm nearly sure Joe the Hoop organised this for years ago and uh, we, we definitely look forward to linking up with them and having a couple of points and I watched the Cup of 90 Hammerby documentary there yesterday and it's brilliant so if you can watch that it's only maybe 12 or 15 minutes long and it just gives you an idea of what they are as a fan base and they are just passionate beyond belief their attendance spiked when they got relegated similar to Rovers Rovers attendance spiked when they were relegated you had more hardcore going and it's just a way of life where they are and I definitely I'm, I'm going to pop mm. I think we'll have to pop down and see the stadium as well get a little tour around they share the ground with uh, the Sweden international team and uh, both of them used to play in the nearby Rosunda that's where we actually played Jurgar in 2002 but that was demolished five years ago and they touch on that in the Hammerby uh, documentary as well so check it out and uh, there's a the, one of the guys Mika Halbom we're going to try and get an interview with him one of their ultras we're going to hope Forky can sort that out for us and he's in that interview as well talking about his passion for Hammerby and it's a it's a fantastic watch so um, somebody put up a link to the AIK forum and you can translate to English so their fans don't give us a hope in hell so that's what we love underdogs yeah, we'll go over there and, and fuck shit up write us off <laughs> yeah write us off at your peril so uh, our flights to Stockholm like we said we are on the Wednesday morning flight prof so we're going to be on the 721 isn't it and we're flying to Terminal 2 straight from Terminal 2 out of Stockholm pub by 3 o'clock young Connor Foley He's on the nights with me in the job and he's booked on. I think the peer pressure broke him. I kept saying to him, I said, you're not going. Oh, come on. So he ended up booking. I'm nearly sure he's on the exact same flight as us. And um, yeah, we're back on the Friday night. Really can't wait. Yeah, I think we might be on the same flight as a lot of people. That that plane is going to be basically hoops. Yeah, Connor. In entirety. Yeah. They better stock up. So literally cannot wait for this one. And like I said, we're going to talk about the Dubliner now or the old dub. What what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a base like we did in Iceland, like we did in Prague. It's where everyone can meet up and then you can just scatter throughout Stockholm there. But a lot of people reckon that it's going to be a happy hunting ground for AIK uh, hooligans and it's over expensive and it's just a tourist trap or whatever. Listen, that's, that's no problem. If you don't want to go, you don't have to. But it's just something that I thought I'd do. Make sure we can all meet up and, and, and just have a sing song or whatever. Just have a European away trip that's all it is but Forky's uh, pub that he posted up as well looks fantastic cheaper right. beer he knows a fella from Hammerby so yeah. Forky a, a little bit more clarity on that would be excellent and if you can give us some definite place. prices and definite uh, location that would be, be really really into that like if we could all go down there and have points as well so some place in Sodermon yeah I think that's yeah. the, the heartland of Hammerby yeah. so we'd be definitely interested in that as well but anyone else has any recommendations throw them our way as well and we will promote them and let you know and uh, I think the Clarion there's about 50 Rovers fans in this already <laughs> on the day of the, of the thing won't know what hit them yeah they won't know what hit it things going to burn down and you have to cross a bridge to get to it as well so I give I give Tommy Tommy Kelly seven to four odds of falling off that bridge first. <laughs> I think close second would probably be Pat Kilmartin, considering 
his state in Johnny Blue's last time. So if he gets a couple of them crafty beers in front, we'll be fishing him out of that river. Yeah, avoid the Pogues whiskey. Avoid the Pogues whiskey. So can't wait for this trip, Prof. Yeah. Really can. It's, it's be- fun as well to go- to Google map out your your stumbling distance. That's exactly what we've been doing. Stumbling distance. You're, you're just looking at the dots and like, if I'm if I'm Jared, could I make it up that hill there? <laughs> and we've been, I've been like, yeah, clarion to the old dub, clarion <laughs> to city center, just seeing how far it will take to stumble. But uh, uh, Dan Fulham is not planning on sleeping in a jeep this year. Did he actually do that? Did he? Did he? That's jo- a piss take. Did he joke? And he do? I remember. I remember the picture. I think last he slept year. in a park. Something like that. I remember that picture from Iceland last year, of the like the little bed in the jeep. But see, the funny thing is, we booked the Fraze Hotel first, and then I booked the Best Western, and then I saw, I think it was Tommy Kelly and Paulie O'Brien were in when the Clarion, and I saw Ray Whelan and ten others, and then I saw Jake McConnell and and Dylan and all his lads, and then more were booking in. I said, you know what? fuck that let's, let's go in with all the madness why not uh, strength and numbers and all that so uh, you can still remember you can still win a trip to Stockholm for a tenner me and the proffer in the draw it's being made at the dirty game on Friday and it must be won on the night so you can buy online or at the match and you can get your passport covers in the mega store as well so you can be uh, super fan number one travelling to Stockholm so it's a tenner for those tickets and like I said me and prof are in the draw so what if we win what are we going to do Will we raffle it off? That's kind of what happened last year, wasn't it? Yeah. The Aussie fella couldn't go. So then, then Nate went in his place. Yeah, so that's... Right, so me and the prof have come up with something. We're both in the draw. So if we do win and our name is pulled out of the hat, what we're going to do is we're going to post on the rower chat. And if you have any interest in taking it off our hands because me and the prof are already booked, then we will uh, we'll have a raffle or we'll have some sort of prize or some, we'll, we'll think of something, but we will give it away. And um, we'll we'll do like some sort of question or something like that. So, so you have to you have to brush up on your tifties knowledge. So if we do win, me and the prof will give it away on the Rovers chat. We'll come up with some sort of scheme. Hopefully Shazzy is doing the draw. Yeah, Shazzy. Yeah. Sneak our name out of there. <laughs> and uh, what else have we got? We have uh, Cork. They are going to play Legia Warsaw in the Champions League. And elsewhere in the Europa League, we have Dundalk, who uh, they got the same opponents as Cork last year. So, Lavadia Talon and AK Larnica, if they go through. There we got Dynamo Minsk, and they're charging €28 Euro for a ticket. So, they're robbing their fans again, yet again. Well, last year, they played the European Games in Sligo. So, I thought that was one of the main reasons for the price hike. But now they're in the Brandywell again. Yeah, well, it was the main reason for the price hike because they were getting charged to use the Brandywell or to use the showgrounds, but now mm. they've no excuse for it. It's shocking. £25. Disgrace. And you wouldn't catch Rovers, they want to put mm. it that way. And, uh, yeah, Levadia Tannen, they're actually the team that got Stephen Kenny sacked at Bowes in 2004. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd have taken that draw. I'd have taken Levadia Tannen. It sounds a little bit mm. easier than, um, than Stockholm AIK. But every game is going to be tough. That's the thing. People will say, oh, it's an easy job. There's no easy games in Europe. Oh, maybe maybe if you're getting Luxembourg part-time team, you might be able to brush yeah, over them. Fair Islands, I mean. Other than that, yeah. You have to be. John the Plumber teams. up front. But it's, it's <laughs> all these draws are tough. Speaking of the Faroes, I love the ground that uh, Hibs are going to. It's right beside, I guess, the ocean. So any balls that go over the bar, forget about it. <laughs> Kids on the boats. <laughs> ball boys with Fishing like, them out. Ball boys with life jackets. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, interesting draw as well. Aberdeen against Burnley. This was funny, yeah. I love this. The first time, Burnley's first time in Europe since the mid-60s. 
and they get a trip to Scotland. But you know what? At least everybody can go. They could just jump on a train or whatever. Like it's not that it's not bad. Fair enough. They probably wanted somewhere exotic or something strange. Yeah. But at least they can pack out the away end and they can make an occasion out of it and everybody can go, you know. But, but um, yeah, no, it was funny. There was a video online of a fella going absolutely nuts about it. <laughs> have to see that now. But uh, World Cup fever, Prof. Absolutely loving the World Cup so far. Yeah. I am loving it. The quality has been amazing. Like the goals, like Ronaldo's free kick. Absolutely stunning. Colorado's free kick. Colorado's free kick. Outrageous. Dries Mertens' volley. Like there's been some absolutely stunning goals. Charisma. Oh, car- oh, the outside of the foot I think Pico was online Pico Lopez was online saying I nearly threw up Gar. Uh the only thing he does with his right foot it's disgusting or the only thing he does with his left foot is put out cigarettes with it but he probably lights them up with his right the outside <laughs> of his right foot what a absolutely meldy disgusting finish oh my god I couldn't yeah. believe it and there's been some absolutely stunning ones I mean who was outside of the foot as well Russia first game against Saudis yeah. I think it was Shedashev. It was a lovely volley, I think. Was that one? Was the Russian? Yeah. Uh, Dries Merton scored a volley against uh, Probably that Panama. One, right? yeah. Just some absolutely stunning goals. And do you know what? Colombia, sexy football is back. How them, about them that? Them and Mexico. They just went for it. Mexico yeah. was uh, one of the best performances against Germany. Yeah. But how about that for Colombia? They just went for it. Get the ball. Yeah. Like, I love the way they play. Get it out wide and let their wingers attack fullbacks and just get it in the box. Really, fairness, really nice to watch. Fairness, that first result was a freak because they got a player sent off after four minutes. Yeah. And they lost to Japan. I do agree, yeah. And do you know what? Quadrado was a breath of fresh air. Mm. What a play. Did you see his little jink and run where he skinned two players on the right-hand side? Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Just, what, what more do you want? Football all day. Oh, it's just fantastic. You see the English actually plotting out their route to the semis. Did not. And did I they? think they're actually like looking at Colombia as the easier route. Don't think so. I think Colombia not Colombia will take it, take yeah. it to them. And you know what? Like as England don't, I, I think this is the probably most average England squad I've seen in years. The one thing I will say is that I, I personally, I wouldn't play that formation that England have, and I think they're not playing to their strengths. Fair enough, they're they're scoring goals, but I, I would love to see Vardy up front with Kane. Let them play four four two. Have Sterling and maybe Rashford out wide, and use the power and pace on the wings once again. Power and pace on the wings is such an asset in football, and they have it. They've got. Uh, Rashford and they've got Sterling fair enough maybe not so much power with Sterling but they've got good wingers and pacey wingers and two good finishers why, why not give it a go I think they'll continue to excite for another couple of games and then they'll just get found out defensively and head home yeah. but it'll be fun to watch well yeah, it lasts. definitely yeah the Belgium game will tell a tale anyway they're a somewhat like good team like there's no John Terry or Lampard or yeah. whoever anymore you know so true yeah very true mm. and, and uh, I, think for- I think their midfield is the most average I've seen in years though in fairness Jordan Henderson and Dyer and Lingard mm. all start in the middle. It's fair enough. Lingard's nippy enough, but it is. There's, there's a ro- there's room. For I like Lopez Cheek when he came on. He yeah, yeah good, he yeah. puts himself about, doesn't he? Forty-five year old keeper with an unreal save. Did you see that from with the penalty, penalty save onto yeah. the bar? And then he had a couple yeah. of tips over the bar as well. And I tell you what, he looks great for forty-five. Yeah, shock win for Saudi Arabia. Dan Kerr celebration too. Yeah, it? yeah, I saw yeah. that. Danny's was better. I think Danny gets more height. And uh, Messi's missed penalty earned you 25 quid in the squeep. Yeah. It did, it certainly did. And it won't be going to charity, uh, Bill Gleason, <laughs> despite your uh, protests. It'll be probably going to the club shop in fairness. Apparently the Italians are just ignoring the World Cup over there. I'd say so. I'd say they've got yeah. like, uh, they're just watching Gamora, reruns of Gamora. Who might, <laughs> might I say, Prof, I'm on the Gamora buzz right now. I'm just on the season finale of season one and it is stunning. What a watch. 
Get yourself on the Gamora buzz. Chiro Demasio is ruthless, Prof. Get on it. I'll put it on the list. What what a show. What a show. And uh, I have actually Ray, our chef Ray, to thank for that because he had a detailed post about it not too long ago about his love affair with Gamora. And it's a fantastic watch. So, but uh, you, were, you were telling me about Tunisia and the manager. He the Pat Dolan look No, it wasn't me. It was, <laughs> it was online. It was gas. He's actually yeah. very like him. Yeah. In other news, Neymar has a little bollocks. <laughs> Do you know what? I, the more and more this, this World Cup goes on, the more I'm endeared to like Ronaldo. And I, I know you don't like him checking himself out all the time. Listen, if I was him, I'd be checking myself out constantly. But Messi, he, he strikes me as a really unapproachable person. He strikes me as like well, a really bad personality. It especially comes off at this World Cup it does, doesn't because it? the burden on him. It just, it does, yeah. it just, he doesn't know how to kind of handle that type of pressure. Maybe, maybe that's that's a bit of a, I, I don't know. But he just comes yeah. off as a like a really unapproachable. I just don't care person. About, I don't care what Messi does in this World Cup. I don't care if he gets sent off and doesn't score a goal. He's yeah. still arguably the greatest. Oh, ever. he is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But his just his attitude, he comes off like a like a bit of an arsehole. You don't think so? Yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, but Ronaldo, um, he's he's just taking this by the scruff, isn't he? He's just taking it home. But uh, I'd, I'd love to see yeah. him go forward. And, and my opinion has changed of Ronaldo on this. He, he's a genuinely nice guy. And that, 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 goes, that goes a long way. Man celebration by Brazil. The last minute winner over Costa Rica. So I presume yeah. Johnny Wardgar would be writing an article about how they over-celebrated against mere Costa Rica. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, that is, if I was making a new list of hatred now, I have to say. Right up there. Sorry, the, people the, comment. The database. On, people comment. Database of hatred. <laughs> people telling me how much I should celebrate a goal. One of the most ridiculous things. Isn't it? Isn't it absolute bullshit? It's it's a natural reaction. You don't sit there and think, oh, "Prof, sixty percent on this one if we score." All right, there's a penalty coming up. Oh, we can't go full tilt on this. You celebrate a goal. It's a natural reaction, and that's one of the things we're going to speak about now. Is VAR. VAR is sucking the life out of goals, which is, to me, three quarters of the game. A celebration of a goal, the most spontaneous thing you can do in football is to just jump around like a madman after you score a goal. And you know what? It's not. It's the players are, are, are doing it as well. Did you see Iago Aspas, his celebration? The VAR uh, temporarily halted his celebration, the little flick, beautiful goal. Yeah. And then he went off like a nutter. It was. It wasn't like. It wasn't natural, but he stopped his celebration, waited, and then went off like a madman again. That is killing the game, as regards to the spontaneous joy of football. Well, actually, a week ago, I was ready to come into the show, and go on a tirade against Fair, but it's actually been winning me over a little bit because the decisions have been so consistently right. Granted, yesterday there was some shockers. Yeah, but there was so many right in a row there, and we were concerned about how how long it would take. And They've been flying through. It's it. actually been really quick. But you made a great point about re- managers having two shouts per game. That's why I've been wanting for years. This I, is a great show. I think this it should be a tactical thing. Where similar to like in tennis, you get whatever fiber set. So you're allowed to use the TV replays twice per game, or maybe three times. And that way, if you use if if something happens in the last minute where you could have got a penalty and you've already used up your your quota well then tough luck you use them all already but but the thing is like so you might argue shouldn't the five referees in the room they're all watching the monitors shouldn't they decide when to call upon the replay 
Well, apparently not because they've been missing some ridiculous stuff. There, well, was, there was one game where two lads were hugging a guy and pulled him to the ground. Never told the referee about that. Somehow they went to the one about Ronaldo, which I thought was red. You don't? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think there was intent there. I think it was just. Uh, but listen, the what I will say about I'm happy with is the clamp down on dragging out people in the box. Definitely, but big they, fan of But that. they still missed a massive one. They did. How? It, I don't. I don't know really. It's like 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 you said, two two per game possibly, and I do like the way it's they are flying through the VAR decisions. Mm. But here's the thing: let's say you do have two objections, right? On the manager, ref. I'm not happy with that decision. What if he still overruled you, and it's blatantly wrong? He the the decision well, that, is still in his hands. Am I that right? is happening anyway, though. That's the thing. So it's already happening. But the thing is, it's never going to be perfect. You can't demand perfection on this. But I noticed early on, it was the first or second game. I noticed the player drawing the VAR sign to the referee, and I thought maybe I'm sure it's happened in the early European Can they leagues. Do that? But it was the first time I noticed it in the World Cup a player did that. And I said, oh, that's going to be a new thing now. Players are going to wave the imaginary yellow card. Now they're going to draw the yeah, box. Yeah. Next game, loads of lads started doing it. Next game, the manager was doing it. They were all doing it. Yeah. And it's actually, it's causing more badgering of the refs now, the VAR. Because they're like, go to the VAR, go to the VAR. Yeah. So they need to put something in there where players maybe can't do that. And they, they stamp down on it where you cannot demand VAR. Because maybe that's going to come. Maybe a yellow card. Mandatory yellow card for, for mm. doing a box sign. Did you see the Tunisian or the Moroccan player at the end of the game? He went up to the cameras, did the square and said, VAR is bullshit. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, check that. that one yeah. out. He literally did that. Some of the referees are just too weak. There was a Panama player, I think, in the England game who badgered the ref for a good 80 minutes. That was like a rugby And, and I was shouting on my screen, would you just book him? Yeah. He has been badgering you for this entire game. I think my, my two biggest beefs with Vardo is, as you mentioned, it's taken out the emotional immediacy of the joy of a goal. goal. And secondly, are we actually ever going to see this in the League of Ireland? No. Extremely unlikely. No way. Which is actually going to... can even get a Jackson Oriel Park, are you mad? Which is actually going to build up more resentment towards referees because we don't have the video replays. Yeah, maybe so. But um, yeah, so it's it's there's there's pros and there's cons. I think it's only going to get better. It has to. They have to improve on it. Like let's be honest, Rome wasn't built in a day. You can't just introduce this and expect perfection. They will they will make changes as it goes as time goes on. So it's a it's it's a work in progress. But we're moving on to the split personality that is Brian Kerr. <laughs> I hate the Brian Kerr that hates Rovers, but I do like him as a commentator. It's about trying to separate the two, isn't it? I Definitely, mean, he's yeah. been extremely bitter about the Burke call-up. There was one game he was watching where Burke wasn't even there. I think was it the. It was the game where he was made. Oh, Robbers against the dock, and Burke wasn't on the pitch, and he spent about three minutes talking about how Burke shouldn't be called up. It's a crazy thing to do, isn't it? And then he went on Soccer Republic and said it again. But, and and also I see people saying that he talks too much on commentary, and like I I can agree with that. If you actually compare Kerr to any other secondary commentator, he he does say an awful lot. <laughs> Sometimes he interrupts the lead commentator. And his his Dubonese is catching people's eye and his his quips now. But the different he backs it up though. 
He's he's genuinely he has got football knowledge. He's genuinely interested in these games. He's doing he's been covering one or two games per day, but all these countries from various continents. Mm. He knows them all inside out. No, like, I do think he is he, he is got football he has got football he's knowledge. He's an impressive guy. Yeah. And then he had but, a, um, a couple of quotes. Yeah, I'll just start you off here. He says this one all the time now. On the mush. <laughs> you get that one a lot. In the mush. I love this one though. What he was wogeous. Which apparently means woeful. I never heard that Beyond one. Beyond bad. <laughs> Wogeous. It's a combination it. of, of uh, woeful and Jesus or something. Never person. heard of that. Yeah. There was one where a player was down injured. He says, get up out of that, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, the other commentator mentioned that Peru hadn't qualified for the World Cup since 1982. So Kerry says, yeah, I remember some uh, Peru shirts around Drimna in 1982. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's so boil. And then uh, after Kolarov bent in a free kick, he was calling him dead-eyed dick. Yeah. And then a player in the Uruguay-Saudi match, he says, you must have very small shin pads. You know those little sneaky ones made out of a Kellogg's cornflake packet? <laughs> Talking about a Croatia player, he said, uh, he's an in- interesting character. He loves pubs. <laughs> Where's he going for this shit? There was an Iceland player, he said, he cut off his beard to make a fishing fly for his brother. <laughs> and Iceland again, he said, he won- I wonder when he get the old thunder clap. Yeah, uh, I have a few more here. On uh, the Moroccan on goal, he said he's murdering his own team. And uh, the Korea Sweden match, there was an injury for a Korean player. And he says, That's the stuff you normally use to wrap up your sandwiches. It's all that. His hamstring was on. And now it fixes your hamstring. <laughs> and there was Christian uh, Bolanos, remember him? Yeah, scored against us scored. in the Europa League for Copenhagen. Yeah, back in 2011 in He said, uh, He's still rocking the headband. He got the same headband from four years ago. Yeah, he actually did, yeah. And the other guy goes, but well, he's probably got a new one since then, Brian. <laughs> it looks the same, though. <laughs> and on Argentina, he says, uh, well, the way they played in the first two games, they wouldn't have beaten Lord Celtic. All school throwback, huh? And one last one from uh, the other day. Uh, this Japanese crowd are an un- unusual bunch, what, with three fellas writing bukes on training the mind. Uh, Nagatomo has written a book on yoga so I'd say it was a very calm dressing room at half time <laughs> and this is uh, he, is on the, he is on the database of hatred isn't he is he actually I, I think we put him on I can't remember I think we did might take him off I think we were pissed off all this. we'll put the anti-league of Ireland Brian Kerr on the list of hatred I reckon replace the list of hatred because it's just overflowing at this stage and this is uh, Tutti's idea you know what grinds my gears it's it's taken from Family Guy. I think we'll have to get him yeah. in to do that. Yeah. Because he already wants a cooking section. Yeah. We're just going to cut to someone each week and they tell us what grinds their gears. That's not a bad show. Yeah. That's a great show. Put so we could wait outside Tallis Stadium. Yeah. I think I want to pick Peter Richardson first. Well, Tuts, you can start us off, right? Yeah. It's, it's your idea. So uh, we had an amazing article from the 80s. It was put up on Twitter of a League of Ireland B game between Rovers and Home Farm. No linesmen were appointed for the match so officials from each club stood in. One was Brian Kerr and he ended up getting sent off two minutes to go for being too active. Guilty of dissent, foul language and inciting players and throwing his flag on the ground. This is all a friendly. Brian Kerr was a linesman. Brian Kerr is a linesman. And he was sent off. A linesman sent off. And uh, on that note, there was a game between Rovers and Bray in 1997 and uh, Pat Devlin was the manager of Bray at the time and it was an absolute farce where for the last five minutes Devlin actually filled in as a linesman and this was an official game that, that was a, a League of Ireland game where the Bray manager became the linesman for five minutes I don't believe it that happened 
It's okay. only the greatest league in the world. Unbelievable. Do you know how they ended up replacing Devlin? There was a former referee in the crowd. No. At Talca Park. And they eventually had to coax him down. How did they announce that? To take part did in the match. someone just show over and yeah. go, it was a ref or a <laughs> Is that or over the tannoy maybe? Yeah. So we'll move on to the draw for the fourth round of the FAA Cup. And it takes place on Wednesday at 1pm. So you have 12 non-league clubs that we could potentially get are Blarney United, Cockhill Celtic, CIE Ranch Dublin Bus, Home Farm in Shakur Athletic, Leeds, Minute University Town, Newmarket Celtic, North End United, Pike Rovers and Scaries Town. And that'll be played sometime around the 10th of August. So I don't see Bluebell in there. Um, I'm not sure how the, how the ties work. Maybe they come in at a later round. Is it not that you have to reach the quarters of the I'm not intermediate sure. cup possibly, or something Possibly like something yeah. like that, yeah. So that's all the teams that we could possibly get. So, um, yeah, the Rovers website has selected features from Hoops Seeing going forward and it begins with... Uh, it's reproduced the excellent in-depth interview with under-19 manager Aidan Price so uh, read what Aidan had to say on shamrockrovers.ie forward slash hoopscene so uh, check out Aidan's interview and our underage teams are back after a month's break the 19s play Cove Ramblers on Wednesday half 7 at Tala and there's two games on Saturday the 17s are away to Camtilly at 2 o'clock and the 15s are away to Longford at 1 so uh Definitely uh, check that out. And so we're under 17. Luke Turner has signed for Aberdeen on a three year deal. So we signed them from UCD last year. So good luck mm-hmm. to Luke and uh, his trip abroad. Uh, just signed Forrester as well, didn't they? Centre midfield. And Stephen Gleason as well. So they're looking good. Yeah. Congratulations to our under 12s who defeated St. Kevin's 2 1 in the DDSL Tom Cavanagh Cup final in Abbottstown on Saturday evening. Team captain. Team captain Troy O'Dowd was pictured with his proud dad Tony after the hoops captured the cup, and we had a revelation on this one, Prof, didn't we? Yeah, looking at the camera. Tony O'Dowd looked straight into a camera. Hell froze over. Yeah, there. I think so. Yeah, Robert Goggins commented on that. He said, Poor Tony didn't know where to look. He had two other cameras pointing at him, so I waited as he tried to swivel his eyes away. So he thought he was looking away, yeah, so he still tried his best. But congrats to the lads anyway, and they. Uh, broke out into a chorus of anti Bowles songs as well <laughs> so it was good to hear them young Rovers lads singing tunes got a little ride up in the Evening Herald too yeah so it was good stuff and uh, the Roll Song Project is uh, producing some silverware the word project is banned project <laughs> so as well as winning the cup our under 12s are unbeaten under 13s are in the top 2 14s and 15s are winning their leagues and the 16s are cup winners and top with 2 games in hand and the 17s have 100% record so we're flying uh, firing on all cylinders there something we forgot to mention on our last show a uh, video ended up from the Bray game and young Alex from our under 13s he was a ball boy and did you see him take the down the ball prof. with one touch and then calmly Play roll the replacement ball back to the keeper how about that absolute techers and people, the crowd knows it too they were like oh Ooh, yeah I love that yeah polite applause love the reaction was that, yeah. So last week we cut the ribbon on our new state-of-the-art 11-a-side and 7-a-side grass pitches at the Roadstone. So we are continuing to improve off the pitch. And the new pitches complete phase one of the phase of the Hoops Academy development. So the club will now be turning its focus into phase two of the development, which includes the building of the dressing rooms, gym, lounge, education room, a.k.a. the football building. So we look forward to that, Prof. And hopefully they will have a little tea room for me and you when we're... Uh, they have to have a Tifties room, actually. Tales from the East End room. We're gonna. We're, I'll get on to Ray about that. Yeah, all the big guns were out for that. JD was out. 
I saw that. Loves yeah. cutting the nail ribbon, he does. He loves cutting the ribbons, yeah. Uh, so congratulations to Shane Robinson, Stephen Royce and Mark Kenny on completing their UEFA Elite Youth A licence. So some um I think I think I saw a photograph of that. I'm nearly sure I saw Carvalho in that photograph. But they're not all Irish coaches. I was looking at a different one than both there's someone de- someone recently uh, do you know who I was looking at it was Keith Fighty, he did a course there recently and Carvalho was on up the north. So interesting stuff to see uh, all the, the different personalities that engage in these courses. But um, yeah, so next we're going to move on to Quifty's questions from the East End. And we had Ethan Baller versus Dan Carr and Greg Bulger versus Davey Mack. Right, so that's questions from the East End. Ethan Boyle versus Danny Carr. Again, it's a World Cup format. 10 questions each, 15 second time limit. Winner, winner's going to play Lee Grace in the quarterfinals. In the quarter? Yeah. Jeez, how's he got that far? Right. First two questions for World Cup, so it's going to go Ethan, Danny, Ethan, Danny. Yeah. Ready? So, Ethan, who scored Ireland's winner against Italy in the 1994 World Cup? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, 1994, I don't even know like, who was alive then. And Ray Houghton, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Good show. Oh, my goodness. What a... F- I'm pissed. You had to know that, yeah. I didn't know that. I no, swear to God. Yeah, what a shot. Right, uh, Danny, how far did England get in 1994? <laughs> Quarter finals? Never qualified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, how many goals has Davy Max scored this season? Two, but against Bray. That's easy. Come on. Danny, which London club did Rovers play in the 2011 Europa League group stages? Tottenham. Yeah. What nationality is Celtic boss Brendan Rodgers? Scottish. Oh, is it? Was it? Welsh. Ah, oh, fuck. You said Welsh. Surprise. You were wrong. Brendan Rodgers. You're wrong. 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 you you the championship. Um, five seconds. Oh, fuck. Rotherham, no? Name two clubs that were relegated from the Premier League last season. Oh, uh, West Brom and Stoke. Yep. Three, two, one. What two, l- yeah, what two countries did Rovers play in Europe last season? Czech Republic and. The one we got to win in. One second. Yes. Was it Russia? No, Slovakia. No, it was Iceland. Oh, yeah, they said it was Iceland. Uh, Danny, what was the name of the team you scored a hat-trick against in a pre-season friendly? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, Kodov? Yep. Fuck's sake. I'm going to say long for you. Far too Who won MVP at this year's NBA Finals? Oh my goodness gracious. Danny won. LeBron James, I don't know. No. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. 
This is absolute ponies. <laughs> In cricket, what does LBW mean? Don't even act like you don't know what that. Just give me the answer. Long ball wicket. Say again. Hmm? Say it again. Long ball wicket. No, no, I know that one. Leg before, before wicket. Shit. Too far too. Uh, complete the song title from the 2004 Lego movie. Everything is... Gonna be alright. That's one word. Okay. No. <laughs> awesome. Come on. Everything is awesome. Jesus. That's a famous song. Come on. I need that one. Uh, Danny, complete the missing word in this Tracy Chapman song. Oh. One word. Fast. Come. Yep. Oh my god, this is a fix. <laughs> what is that? Hey, don't <laughs> that is. I need these answers. Jesus. In the show Westworld, everyone is divided into two categories guests and hosts. Yeah. I know that one. Danny, if you get this, you win. Okay. I'm gonna be accused of a fix here again. Oh, here we are, yeah. In the beginning of the TV series, The Deuce, what year is it said in? 1970. No. Yeah. No, 71. Look at you can't do that anyway. He got four or five. If he had got either of them there, that's. that's why do you have a sore loser? Cheating! Cheating! He's mixing answers. Right. He needs this to stay in it. Uh, Ethan, what does the white dove symbolise? Peace. Yep. Again, you can win this time. I was going to say freedom. What turns into a butterfly? Caterpillar. Caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Do you, know what he, do you know what question he got? Can you still finish it though, just to do the points? Just quick. Oh, what? Uh, what does Addis follow into Wonderland? The rabbit. The yeah. rabbit. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> you can't <laughs> see that. <laughs> some shit. And whose nose grew longer every time you lied? Dan! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, finish this sentence it finish? Tracy Chapman. And yeah. he goes, fast. Right, so next matchup, Greg Bolger versus Davey Mack. All the best, Greg. Davey ahead. actually made the draw for this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Way back. Yeah. He knew, <laughs> knew what to pick. <laughs> he knew who to pick. On occasion, after familiar, 10 questions each, head to head, 15 second time limit. And the winner is going to play Tomer in the quarterfinals. Jesus. Tough corner. So it's going to go Greg, Davey, Greg, Davey, and so on. So, first question True or false? Ronald Finn has never scored a European goal. Jesus. Oh. It's true. You think I'm an age to score, no? <laughs> Played enough games. Fuck that over at Vox on the TV. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Davey, which club has more players at the World Cup? Man City or Real Madrid? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Gonna go with Madrid. No. City. Yeah. City 16, Rail 15. 15. Right. Greg, USA, Canada, and Mexico have just won the right to host World Cup 2026. Who was bidding against them? Morocco. That's right, yeah. Boom! Good show. 
Wishman Fielder scored Rovers winning penalty in Belgrade in 2011. Yeah, you have to know this. Yes, Stephen O'Donnell. Come. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Can you uh, Greg, who scored Chelsea's winning goal in the FAA Cup final? Oh, I missed it, didn't I? Just think. We the game that day, isn't Hazard. It? Yeah. You can't keep away from football with Greg. He's got all the betting. Hey, hey, leave it Davey, name the six foot four Norwegian striker that played for Chelsea oh, in the late nineties. Tore Andre Flo. Yeah. He's just there promoting. Did we get these? Yeah. Yeah. Did we make these questions as well? <laughs> uh, name the midfielder who captains both his club, Napoli, and country, Slovakia. Hamšík. That's right, yeah. You need the timer. Uh, Mario Balotelli played for which French club? Plays for which French club? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yes. Four seconds. Come on, David! No. no. Nice. Nice. A score. And those. Come on, Mike. 3-2. 3-2. Greg, what, what ground do Cabantini play? Oh, Jesus Christ, the rugby pitch. Um, oh, I don't know the name. That's a, that's a fucking... Shoots and That's not going to force the Oh, I don't know the name. Three seconds. I don't know the name of Stradbrook. Yeah. never played that. Right. Come on, Davey. It's <laughs> the question now your gap is complaining about. Uh, who is Graham Burke's new manager? Ah, stop. the North End. Alex Neal. Ah, stop. Yep. Davey, make up these questions. He definitely did. There's Burke Neal, speaking of the devil. There he is, the board. I'm talking at your Burke. thought he was still impressive. Some <laughs> photographs. Quick photo. What is Japan's currency called? Come on, boys. Thank you, Mike. I think we're level, are we? Level. Not anymore. Um, is that time? Three seconds. Yin Yang. So racist. Wow. <laughs> what a clue. So racist. What is it? What you're kind of close to Yin. Yin. Yin Yang. Oh, yeah. Yin Yang. Yin Yang. Yin Yang. Get an audience here. You don't We're know that's right. Lads, 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 lads. You shut your mouth, you. It's not doing you. Getting close, right? What is the wi most widely spoken language in Brazil? I Portuguese. Shut yeah. up, Yes! Stan to be nailing this. He's got his hand up for everything in the background. I know. Easiest questions ever. Oh, who's the sore loser now? I say you're sore all the time, In which city was the Titanic launched? Belfast. That's right, yeah. I doubt you know. That's an easy one. Davey, where was Eamon de Valera born? America. Yep. Oh, it's a cock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who played the role of Lucius Fox in the Dark Knight trilogy? Yeah. I said you, Gaffer. Love that, Davey. That's two points for Max. <laughs> huh? Sorry, say it again. Could be t less two for Lion now as well. Uh, who played the role of Lucius Fox in the Dark Knight trilogy? I don't watch that. Hey, I don't know. No idea. It no idea. Day, bank, Morgan Freeman. It's a troll. Trilogy. Oh, I was winning. Davey, complete the name of this Brad Pitt movie. Missing two words. Mickey. Joe Hart. 
Ticky flew away. No, it's too late. The question is getting the answer. No, he didn't get the wrong one. Mickey Blue Eyes. That's scandalous. That's not like it. He doesn't even tell her. That's what I'm saying. He's not getting it. Oh, he's not getting it. I'm not getting it. No, you can't get it. Oh, shit. I'm not getting it. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. No joke, yeah. Arachnophobia is the fear of what? Spiders, I think. Yep. Oh, Which sea creature is known for having eight legs? An octopus. Yep. Six spiders. One question each left. Greg, spell the word. Should be over. Quibble. 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 <laughs> Say the word. What do you mean? <laughs> Quibble. Something you do with refs with that. Quibble. Uh. Quibble. Q. Q U A B L Z. Quibble. No. Q U I B B L E. Spell the word. That's a shambles. Spell the word. A plum. A plum. Can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> you perform something with grace, a plan, I think. You sure can? I'm actually not sure. You give me something. <laughs> yeah. I'll go at. You scored that goal with great applause. Phil, yeah. you never scored a European goal? No. What? I know, yeah. played towards the time. scored one goal. A P L O M B. Yeah. Yep. Well. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, That's a place, guys. True or false, I've only finished going to the European goal. Thank you very much. Take time we're down now. I'm going to Mac now. Good questions you made for So that was Quifties. And we have Danny Carr going through and Davy Mack going through to the quarter final. So yeah, very got very competitive out there. Yeah, Gary. it's great. Yeah. They're loving it, aren't they? It's great, Craig. Ethan was moaning the whole way through. Yeah. He was just giving out left, <laughs> right, and centre. And but I do have I do have an apology though. Brendan Rodgers, I, I must have got that from some website that said he was Welsh. Yeah, I don't he's, know, maybe the Swansea connection kind of threw you off. He's Northern like Irish, apologies about that, but he did still lose by one point, despite that. Yeah, so that's but I give him the point, but he still lost. And uh, Greg was shocked that Finner never scored in Europe. I, yeah, I'm shocked yeah. as well, I, I'm nearly sure he did. So. And then Finner was just around the corner. And we were like, what's the story, Finner? I hope you know how to And he was like, oh, I missed so many chances. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the quarterfinal lineup, like we said before, we have a, a World Cup special. So we're going to be blasting you with World Cup questions. And uh, there is, or was supposed to be, Dave McAllister versus Tomer Kanchinski. We have Graham Bourke versus Sean Kavanagh. Lee Grace versus Danny Carr and Sean Boyd versus Joey O'Brien. So we're still undecided on what we're going to do about Borky Prof Army. Yeah, Borky was there, actually. And uh, I said, I have to replace you now. And he was like, ah, no, I'll do it over the phone. Did he say that? Yeah. Well, we could do that then, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll decide on it anyway. Well, what we're thinking is uh, lucky losers. Uh, Lucky Byrne and Ron Finnbock got seven points. They were the highest scoring losers, so maybe some sort of little playoff mm. there to get back in. So keep an ear out for it anyway. Other uh, things we know was, I don't know if you heard on the, the recording, the question about Graham Burke's new manager Preston. Brad's actually came up behind me and was like, Stuart's inquiry, not not till July 1st. Yeah. 
It's yeah. good that the, the yeah. interaction is fantastic, though, isn't it? Everybody, everybody, uh, they really enjoying it. And a bit of controversy over the uh, the Mickey Mickey Blue Eyes question. He he said Mickey Joe Hart. he said Joe Hart as as a piss take, but I, I didn't really register. I just heard two words that were wrong. I was like, no, wrong. So I just took his first answer, but he still. What you have to do? Yeah, he still won in the end. And we have news, Gar. What's the news? The winner of our competition is David Kiernan. He got a very impressive seven out of eight. Correct. The only only one he got wrong was Sean Cavanagh. Mm. over Luke so which no David. one saw that going. yeah one. nobody saw in fairness there's been a couple of shocker results yeah. anyway but congrats to Dave and we'll get you a nice Tifty's hamper on its way soon yep. and uh, we'll uh, we'll get you we'll PM you and we'll sort that out for you so uh, congrats well next up we have our starting 11s and predictions <laughs> so we'll go for us uh, for this prof uh, I'm gonna go with what are we now what's, what's the date will Mr no Manus won't be ready he won't be eligible yeah so we're going to go Bazuna and Gall Lukey Bourne on the left Boyle on the right centre halves Joey O'Brien and Lee Grace uh, left wing Sean Kavanagh right wing Joel Coustin Finn in behind the striker and I'll go with uh, Aaron Bulger in the middle of the park with we'll go Greg Bulger we'll go to two Bulgers and we'll drop Davy Mack and up front, obviously, is Carr. So, and prediction, I will say, oh, so it's 3 1. Okay, I've got the same team, except Davy Mack in, not Greg Bolger. Do you know what? I'm going to do the same. I'm going to drop Greg as well. I'm going to put Davy Mack in. Cut c- considering his goal, his cracker from, from a couple of yards, from a few yards out. Yeah, no, we'll go with that. I'll go for a sneaky 1 0 win. Sneaky 1 0 win. So, uh, that is the starting levels of predictions this week. So uh, we have a bit of hoops news. We have to celebrate the end of school year. It's family night. Lots of things going on. The fun zone, speed kicking, target kicking cage, goalkeeper reaction and distance cage, balloon makers, face painters. The whole lot is a serious fun day out. So get the kids down. You buy one child ticket, you get another one free. Once again, we are the league leaders when it comes to match day experience and uh, get your kids down and have a fantastic night. And of course, it's going to be great food from Chef Ray and all sorts all over the ground uh, with the junior hoops don't forget this this is going to be an excellent day out train with the players on Saturday morning that's this coming Saturday open the junior hoops members only and you can still sign up on Friday night so it's going to be a really good occasion I think there's a little match at the end it's going to be three players against maybe 50 junior hoops so it'll go down at three and make sure you get down on Friday and you can experience this wonderful match day and don't forget it's a boy once again it's boy one child ticket and get one free so you can get the kids down for pretty much half price Gary should we do uh, start 11 predictions for the Leinster Senior Cup on Monday this may have gone under the radar but we are actually playing I know yeah. a football match sure do you know what at Why home not? to Dundalk on Monday let's go for it no I'm only joking don't no I want to do it <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might get a game it's going to be the 19s though isn't it yeah I wouldn't mind getting a game prof on the left wing I've no- GP up front I've now 11. I just want to see Smithers play. That's it. Thought you will, will I want. I want to see Smithers. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So, uh, reduced ticket prices and the World Cup on the screens on Monday for our Lancer Senior Cup game. So, the bar is open and uh, get yourself down as well. So, what else would you be doing on a Monday except watching the hoops against Dundalk? Yeah, so I'm going on the hires. I'm going to the Costa Blanca for two weeks. So, we will have a stand-in. Um, we have undecided on it yet. But we are choosing our stand-in host. 
as you speak. So uh, big decision, big decision, yeah. And hopefully um, it will go without a plan. We're still in Johnny Blues, and there'll be no problem. So uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Get yourself down to the game against Derry on Friday at Tallaght Stadium and soak up the atmosphere and the sun as well because we're due some hot temperatures. So uh, that's it for this week. And uh, I won't see you in Block M this week, but hopefully you'll see the prof. So keep on hooping. See you. Yeah.